You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. We won't be doing is opening with uh, warp speed ahead or set phasers on something. Or we're definitely not doing that. Captain, my podcasting device is picking up a podcast. Right. That's None of that. No fascinating captain and logical too. We're, uh, <laughs> that we need some help. Yeah. Um, hi, we are your hosts. Uh, I am Ron Algar Watt. I am Matt Robotham. Hi. Uh, you may possibly know us from our other podcast, the Sarcastic Voyage podcast, uh, which has been going strong for a bit over a year now, mm-hmm. uh, 80-some episodes at this point. Um, we we talk about uh, comedy things, nerd things, and uh, Star and Trek. We, we talk about Star Trek a lot. Yeah, and it occurred to us that we're, we're trying for a, a broader sort of general uh, approach on that show, and... Uh, we can't shut up about Star Trek. It's just no. Our our one hour plus podcast every week isn't enough time to talk about the amount of Star Trek we want to. Right. And and listen, me and Matt are are very different people. We live in different countries. Uh, there's a bit of an age difference. Uh, there's just a lot of things that he's into that I'm not, and vice versa. But the one thing we overwhelmingly agree on is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. We just we both share this incredible inhuman love for the show and the movies and so forth. So. Uh, we're going to tell you about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Basically, we'll be running through episodes and sort of reviewing them and yeah, talking of, about the things in them that amuse us. Some of you may be aware I, I did a, a series uh, on the YouTube there that, that the kids are all talking about, mm-hmm. uh, reviewing the uh, the old Transformers cartoon. I did uh, all 98 episodes. Um and I, I kind of got sick of it because there are so many, but I did enjoy sort of watching, going back through something I was familiar with, with sort of, you know, a new approach and uh, making observations, sharing them with people. And uh, so that's kind of the approach we're going to be taking here. We're going to, mm-hmm. we'll be starting with the original series. We may continue into the other ones, but we're not committing to anything. Don't cause... hold us to it. No, because at, at our current planned rate of two a week, uh, that would put us through the the last of the Star Trek series sometime in like 2014. So uh, <laughs> I'm not committing to that. Yeah, but uh, it, it may happen. So mm. for now, so strap in for that. Yes, please, please uh, do the strapping thing that he said. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if uh, if if you enjoy the Star Trek, if you enjoy maybe a less sort of nitpicky approach, more. Um, like we're not afraid to, to tear it apart and to tell you when it's awful and when it's ridiculous, but we do it from a position of love, Mm -hmm. but we're also not one of those people who'd be like, um, excuse me, it's not James R. Kirk, it's James T. Kirk. Well, actually you can find that the justification for the R. Kirk came from, Yeah. If, if, uh, if the expression well actually comes from either of our lips, you have our permission to, um. I don't know something about agonizers. I, I almost, yeah. I almost made one of those Star Trek things that I swore we wouldn't make. But uh, Ad- activating podcast agonizer, Captain. I do like the agonizers, though. That is, uh, <laughs> that is just keep them around on the ship. Yeah, exactly. The the mirror universe does enjoy just the, the bizarre torture devices. There's a booth, but then there's like the portable agonizer too. 
for your on-the-go torture. <laughs> the agonizer on the go. Right. I don't have enough time to send you to the agonizer right now, Scotty. Just just hold still for a second. Look, I'll trust you to agonize yourself, okay? But, uh, you know, don't <laughs> lie to me. I'll know if you didn't agonize. <laughs> so, yeah, we... um. We we approach it from a, like I say from a position of love, but we're we're definitely not afraid to to call it out when it's being awful. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully it'll be entertaining. I know there's a million billion other podcasts like this, but uh, hopefully we'll bring a, a unique viewpoint to this, something to it anyway. Yeah, maybe we'll somehow manage to discover one or two jokes people haven't made yet. But uh, look, we got we got to be better than that one podcast I listened to where the guy just told you what happened in generations. <laughs> Is that the guy that just told you what happened in Generations podcast? Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, I, I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, we, we did decide to go with the, uh, the, the the title. Of course, you know, you heard the first part of the show, but uh, mm. the post-atomic horror, which, uh, of course. Is After a- an exhaustive search. We spent three hours just on Skype talking back and forth about possible uh, titles. We went through, like, uh, Memory Alpha, the Star Trek wiki, and um, I had my old nerd books, the encyclopedia and the chronologies, and we're just trying to find funny phrases, cool little puns. And what, did, what did it see? We had the leg up maneuver. Yep. Podcast uh, 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 anomaly, the inner spite. <laughs> the inner spite was a good one. Your Earth podcast. Just a, a number of almost there, but uh, then we remember there's, there's this line from... Um, Encounter at Farpoint. Uh, yeah, Encounter at Farpoint. Where Picard's talking about the time after World War III. Very, very accurate. Mid-21st century. The post-atomic horror. And that's that's just the perfect sort of weird retro thing that we enjoy. And it's not a horrible pun on set phasers on whatever. And frankly, it's a fucking cool title. It is. And it hadn't been taken before. That's the important thing. Yeah. So. Uh, the most important thing. That is, you know. It's difficult because, as we said, there's a lot of people out there already already doing this. Yep. And uh, what we bring to it is uh, the delightful uh, Algerian and Robothenian viewpoint. So look forward to that. Yeah, that'll be – I'm sure you'll enjoy that. When when the scholars write the, uh, the stories of all the various Star Trek podcasts of the early 21st century, <laughs> that's how they will refer to it. When Data's on the holodeck asking to see a 21st century podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll spin up after uh, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I don't. I would not like to follow Joe Piscopo's Star Trek podcast. No. That guy was a genius. <laughs> Before he bulked up. After that, he just got a little crazy. I mean, <laughs> who wants to hear that? Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, as far as our uh, our credentials go, if you will, um, we're, we're both obviously huge fans. Um mm-hmm. I, I'm at the moment very much into the original series because of uh, the the 2009 movie. Oh yeah, um, and this is something we talked about at length on our other show. Um, mm-hmm. I I was convinced that that was going to be a terrible movie based on the way that they marketed it. It, it was not a good marketing campaign. No. I get what the, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to lure people who had no interest in Star Trek into seeing Star Trek, and I guess it worked because that. Movie oh, a lot of really friends well. that we know that just aren't into Star Trek loved that movie. I mean, they definitely won over the nerds who were like, well, I want to like Star Trek, but uh, 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 there's 40 years of stuff and it looks kind of cheesy. I've never been into Star Trek, but I do love the Beastie Boys. Well, who? Well, I was going to say and, who doesn't love the Beastie Boys, but a lot of people. But uh, And I, driving off of a cliff. Right. And extreme. That was the thing. It was made out to be this fucking extreme... 
Oh yeah, you know this is uh, this is not your father's Captain Kirk. He's extreme, motherfucker. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're gonna swear from time to time. Yeah, we're gonna swear like hell. So that uh, colorful metaphors, if you will. Um, but yeah, the uh, I, I was really convinced from the marketing that that movie was just gonna be horrible. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, neither of us are really Voyager or Enterprise fans, and we this was sort of our last chance for. New Star Trek. Yeah, they, everything had gone away, and it was like, oh, God, this is really it. Like, if they fuck this up, then we're done for a long yeah. time, and it's going to take 20 years to, to fix it. Yeah. And so I was so reluctant. I watched it, and it was amazing. Oh. And it may be my favorite movie now, and, and it's taken me a while to realize that, but I can put it on at any point and just, you know. Wow, that's pretty impressive. It is. And over time, that may change. I mean, Back mm. to the Future is still way up there. And yeah. Ghostbusters is still way up there, but uh, but th- this movie – just really it touches all the things I want Star Trek to touch. It was just mm. so good. Um but you will from time to time hear me referring to it as fake Star Trek. That is not a reflection of, of my opinion of the quality. That is me No, that was a reflection of his opinion of the quality before seeing it. Right. And that's sort of a reminder to myself. Uh don't judge it until you've seen it. So Yeah. I call it fake Star Trek now just to differentiate it, but uh but also to remind myself that I can be an idiot. So <laughs> So there is that. You don't need a reminder of that. You have me. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so because of that, I've been very much into the original series of late. I do enjoy those characters, and I do feel like while the original series was good, I feel like those characters deserve more. Like, we haven't seen a lot of great Captain Kirk stories, and I would love to see more. And so mm. going back to the original series, like, well, these are better than I remember, but they're still not as good as, like, Next Gen or DS9 was. Yeah, but, well, but I mean, you know, the remastered ones at least uh, clean up the effects a bit, and mm-hmm. I, and if you put it in the sort of the cultural perspective of the '60s, there's there's a lot of good stuff there, and I, I certainly don't want to get into. Uh, that's another thing we will not be doing is the you know uh, Kirk versus Picard, Spock versus Data. Totally not interested in that. So by all means, write us write us letters. We'll give you the information for that at the end of the show. Mm. Uh, we will be happy to answer your mail at any time. But uh, oh yeah, please don't ask us. You know. Who we prefer, Kirk or Picard, because the answer is always going to be Batman. Mm. That's uh, that's something we should say up front as well. If you if you if you make us choose, we're going to choose Batman. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Um, he was a hell of a starship pilot. Yeah, well, of course he was. He had a plan for that. <laughs> um, but so right now, that's sort of what I'm into. I'm also going through the early seasons of Next Gen again, but uh, but uh, which also not as bad as you remember. No, well. Uh, again, and we mentioned this on our other show as well, I'm sort of really desperate for new Star Trek right now. So uh, Yeah. Some of us are taking refuge in the books. Sure. And and you're you're reading a fair amount of good books, correct? I mean you've yes. some some good stuff out there. So mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that every now and then. Like we won't just yep. stick to these we're we're gonna do mostly the reviews, but we'll we'll branch out when we see something particularly noteworthy. So Yes, we may we we may also use this to uh, for as a basis for our uh, extremely nerdy Star Trek discussions. Oh yes, well, like the like the Federation economy. Oh, we've been itching to do that. Uh, we, oh. uh, we spend a fair amount of time on Twitter. The two of us do, and um, we we had a discussion where Matt was on his way to work one morning, and I was I was at work, and he had to go to work, and I had a meeting, but we didn't want to break away from the computer because we were had just fascinating discussion about how money works in the future. And uh, <laughs> and neither of us really cares about real-world economics at all. Uh, like, at all. I couldn't tell you what, like, he lives in Canada, I live in America, we go back and forth from time to time, and I don't think either of us really understands what the exchange rate is all about. No. 
I mean, I mean, we both live on the border of other countries. We should know things like that. It's just like, well, here's my money. How much of it are you going to keep? <laughs> what can I get for this many? <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, I don't know, I have any idea how the stock market works. I don't know anything. Like, uh, I know what I make per hour, and I know that something comes out of my paycheck, but I don't really understand what any of that means. But the Ferengi trade union. Oh, yeah. But uh, but debating how Starfleet interacts with uh, with other races who do use money, <laughs> you know, I'm all over that. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we may we may from time to time uh, devolve into that. Uh, the reviews uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna each pick our uh, favorite quote from each episode. Sometimes we'll agree, sometimes we won't. But yep. uh, I'm pretty sure something will jump out at us. It's particularly noteworthy. Even a terrible episode has one or two good lines of dialogue. Oh yeah. So. Uh, and then I'm 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 hoping to run a thing at the end of the show uh, uh, where we highlight some uh, wonder of the future. We'll see how that yes. goes. But, uh, the far off future of 1960, whatever, was fraught with amazing advances. Oh yeah, I mean they they uh, the the fact that uh, you know uh, girls in short skirts would just walk up to you and ask you to sign for UPS packages at any moment was uh, was fantastic. What a glorious future mankind has to look forward to. Indeed. After the post-atomic horror, of course. After the post-atomic horror, yes. So there's that. Uh, anything else? Did I miss anything? I've, uh... Let's see. Oh, I was uh, I was talking about how where I'm coming from fan wise. Like, do you have any anything to add from from your perspective? I mean, I mean, you know, I've been watching Star Trek since I was like four with my dad. So I mean, you know, it's pretty well it's pretty well ingrained. But as well ingrained as it is, there's I I'm realizing as I'm going through the original series again. There's a lot of episodes that I never saw. Yeah, that's something you and I realized as we talked about it on our other show. Um, like, we know a lot about that show. Like, just having – being the dorks we are, having read the episode guides and the chronologies yeah. and so on. But, uh, yeah, actually watching the episodes themselves, we missed a bunch. Mm-hmm. Well, for a while, like, it just wasn't on when I could watch it when I was a kid. So, I mean, I had, like, hundreds of, like, compendiums and episode guides and nitpicker guides that I would just pour over. Sure. So, I mean, I know I know every episode. I just haven't seen a lot of them. And and the thing is that I'm noticing as I go through, I got the, the Blu-rays. Right now, I'm, I'm sort of reluctant to get Blu-ray. Like, I'm not really an HD guy. I don't really care. Uh, but yeah. I do really like what they've done with the original series, with the remastering, with the, the very classy – uh, sticking with the original designs, but oh, yeah. making them a little better. Like, I, I really enjoy that. So I got uh, season one and two, and I'm, I'm watching a few here and there, and I'm realizing, okay, well, what I read explains what happens, but they didn't tell me that there was this really funny bit between Spock and Bones or, you know, yeah. something like that. So Probably why watching the episodes is better than reading about them. Yeah, which, hey, you know, I mean... Uh, <laughs> which we're learning now. Yeah, it, it took us, you know... <laughs> 20-some, 30-some years to, to work that out, but uh, yep. better late than never, I suppose. What fools we were. Well, we've learned now, so. Yes. So there is that. I um, learned that man is a feeling creature. And because of it, the greatest in the universe. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that'll happen, too. Oh, sure. Um, but I think that that pretty much covers it. Uh, next week, we'll be starting with the, the two, uh, the first pilot, the failed pilot, and then the uh, the successful pilot out of the cage, mm-hmm. and where no man has gone before, so... Uh, the amazing adventures of Captain Christopher Pike. Boy, do I have a lot to say on that subject. Future future, future wheelchair enthusiast. <laughs> so uh, set phasers to beep one for yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's about all I got, Matt. Any, anything else? I think that's about it. All right. Uh, so check back next week uh, at the address detailed in the, uh, the little credit sequence here or 
Hopefully it will be on iTunes by this point. And mm-hmm. uh, we should be coming out weekly. The plan is to come out every Monday, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So yep. uh, look forward to that. And you'll be hearing from us again soon. See ya. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is published weekly and is available via iTunes or on the web at postatomichorror.com. This program is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, and all original material contained herein is their intellectual property unless otherwise noted. All clips and references from Star Trek and related media are used without permission from CBS, Viacom, and or Paramount Pictures. Fair use is assumed for the purposes of review and parody, and the aforementioned co-producers do not receive any form of profit from this effort. Listener feedback can be sent to podcast at postatomichorror.com. An on-air response is guaranteed.